Welcome to the Deep Sexy Play Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Love, and this is my uncensored space designed to stimulate your mind and give you full permission to explore your curiosities and express your deepest sexual desires. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get turned on. What is conscious sexuality and what is a conscious sexuality experience? It's really interesting, obviously, doing this conscious sexuality work because a lot of people don't actually know what that means. And so we thought it would be a really great idea to actually do a podcast episode on what it means and particularly what it means for us because a lot of people have different interpretations of what that is and it can also change and evolve over time and whoever's teaching it it may be teaching things quite differently or have a different meaning so we thought it was really important to come on here and speak to this and to really give you an idea of what it is so i'm here again with anna so welcome back anna hi how you going <laughs> i'm excited to hear more um wealth of wisdom from you today uh-huh. <laughs> you have to excuse my slightly croaky voice um yeah a little bit sick today but all good <laughs> great um, i hear that you're mentally well so uh yeah it's um <laughs> that you could show up today so ah so I want to start with what conscious sexuality is not because (laughs) (laughs) because in my experience and how I started out having sex was a very much obviously very much a lack of sex education and almost no education around pleasure and I remember when I first had sex it was very much coming from I just want to get it over and done with just because I want to experience it and i liked this guy and he was a guy that i worked with and we had a few drinks and then i just started expressing my desire through some kind of touch through kissing and then we ended up having sex and this is how a lot of sexual interactions happens you're interested in someone you start kissing you start being intimate and then you end up having sex and then often after the sex is finished you might not see that person again or you might not have a conversation or maybe you end up dating more or maybe you end up in a relationship like there's different different things but perhaps you don't even talk about that sexual experience you don't talk about what you loved about it what um what else do you like you know what would you want differently like these are all the things that i think are really important conversations that most people wouldn't even consider having and that is really not taught to us and so I guess we're starting to leave into what conscious sexuality is, but I'd love to hear from you, Anna. You know, what's your thoughts on what conscious sexuality is not? Mm, well, going back for me, also reflecting on my own personal experience, for me, a large percentage of my sexual experience were trauma-based and I didn't understand that people-pleasing or wanting to make someone else happy at my expense or actually just not even thinking about myself or not understanding that me wanting to use sex as a way to please someone else was actually a trauma response and 
therefore something that was never really talked about because I was playing out something within myself. And it took me a long time to realise that, you know, for me probably the first 20 years of my sexual interactions were really um, far more about a trauma response than anything else. So for me that's a really good example of what's not conscious uh, sexuality. There's no choice in that. Also just playing out a trauma response. Yeah, I 100% resonate with that. And even just like thinking back to that, my first experience of sex is I actually just wanted to hook, like in a way, wanted to hook this guy in and wanted, you know, to have sex with him, to hook him in and to feel wanted and to feel desired and to feel like I had some value that I had something to offer. And it's so funny. I look back and I, because I, I kind of assumed that once you had sex with someone, that meant you were going to be in a relationship. And I actually don't think that he wanted that but I did end up somehow convincing him to be in a relationship. And we ended up getting married when I was 17, secretly eloped. And, and, and it's just, yeah, wild story. It's a story for another time. But, <laughs> but yeah, I used sex. In that relationship, sex was a way for me to uh, feel worthy and to draw in my partner and get his attention and get that man's attention. And that really carried on throughout a lot of my, probably the first 10 years of my sexual relating. And it wasn't until actually I got into the sex industry and I started like sitting down with clients and having a conversation of, of like, what would you like to get out of this experience? Is there, are there any desires that you have? I wouldn't say it was fully conscious then yet, but it was started to bring some sort of awareness to what are we, what are we doing here? Who is this for? What do you desire? What are your boundaries? Is there anywhere that you don't want to be touched? Things like that, that I started to bring into when I started sitting down with some of my clients and, and I didn't even do that straight away because a lot of clients, as you would know, say things like, I just want to have a good time. I just want to have some fun. It's like, yeah, but what does that mean? What does fun look like for you? What does a good time look like for you? What do you want to receive? What is anything you want to give? These are some of the things that we start to bring more awareness to the ways that we're um, being intimate. And as you said, also starting to have a lot of awareness of where those things are coming from. Are they coming from our genuine, authentic desire and expression of our sexuality? Or are we choosing this from some kind of trauma response? where we are like as you said like a fawning response where you know we're trying to please the other person and perhaps you know there's an avoidance of actually really being able to receive maybe that doesn't feel safe mm. and i think aj what you're referring to there is like having an intention and having a, a conscious intention of actually why you are doing something and i think a lot of us especially around sexuality have had so much of our sexual essence squashed down. It's caught up in all sorts of shame and guilt. And like you talked about before, you know, sometimes that that sex is, well, I just want to get that guy. I, I want to feel powerful. Um, that's very much a subconscious primal urge of wanting to reclaim your sexual power but mm. we haven't we haven't had that validated in our growing up we haven't we haven't actually understood that driver but I think particularly for a lot of women that's very because we haven't been in touch with our sexual power so that unconscious oh I just want to get that man so I 
I can feel good about myself is a very common unconscious driver, um, you know, particularly for women, but for everyone because we've all had so much guilt and shame attached to our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really see for the for the men a lot of the their sexual expression or sorry their sexual drive is performance based it's very much about achievement it's very goal driven it's been like if i make a woman have an orgasm therefore i've done a good job therefore i have achieved there i've I've provided as a man and if i haven't oh there's something wrong with me i'm not good enough you know taking it on themselves you know feeling like they're broken um and then but same thing for a woman I've seen often too is like this whole idea of like, oh, I have to make a man come or I have to make him, otherwise it hasn't even been a proper sexual experience. I mean, I've even heard men say unless they come, it's not really like counted as sex, like it's not finished, it's not complete. And they can often feel that if they haven't had an orgasm, then that, that is not, that's not like, it's not complete. Like they feel like they're not complete. Yeah. And, um, that's really interesting because that very much is that is so much of our conditioning that that is that sex is to is a goal to reach some happy ending some place whereas with conscious sexuality it's really about this is why it's where the word experience comes in it's really about the whole experience it's really about what can we explore here what becomes possible when we take out any performance or any goal orientation and it actually allows us to experience what is really here and having awareness perhaps of what our triggers are, perhaps where we hold shame and guilt, um, what our, what some of our traumas are, and then you know, bringing, even bringing these to the experience as a form of growth and healing. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think we've lost that, that idea and that's one of the things we're trying to get people to focus on that, sex and using our sexual energy can be an incredibly healing um, process. Um, I'd just like to speak to also what you're saying about the the goal orientated. Um, A large percentage of people, but particularly men, are now educated about sex from watching porn. And porn is very much about performance with a spectacular cum shot at the end. Um, there's nothing really about the journey or the beauty or the learning. It's very performance-based. And this is, you know, now most men are sex educated watching porn from the age of about 10. So that's a lot of And I would say that's probably a really good example of what conscious sexuality is not. Um, A lot of men have watched so much porn that even when they're actually being intimate with someone their mind is somewhere else reliving the last porn shot they watched or but it's definitely not present it's definitely not in that moment so and I guess seeing porn particularly working in this sex industry and and how it's really taking people away from themselves and their sexual connection is one of the reasons I feel really motivated around this work Mm. Yeah, I mean, when I was working with men and they were coming for you know, a tantric massage or some sexual healing, like the idea of like not um, doing, like not having a visual, like, and actually being with their bodies and 
and it was really often foreign for them They're like oh what do i what do you mean like not how do i how do i get aroused if i'm not thinking about anything how do i if i'm not fantasizing or i'm not looking at something like they'd often want to look at me to get aroused yeah and so that's when i'd blindfold them <laughs> yeah and they'd be like oh well you know i can just fantasize and it's like no 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 this is about you actually being in your body and getting you out of your head and into your body and that's really a big part of a conscious sexuality experience is the embodiment it's about getting out of the mind and into the body and really feeling what's here yeah so um, i totally hear you on this how, how impactful porn has been for men and this lack of education and and i think a big part of that is also the lack of um education around their emotional expression and and having spaces where they can express this these emotions which really when we're looking at conscious sexuality that's part of that is like that all emotions are welcome that there's there's all expression is welcome all emotions are welcomed and um in a lot of the sessions that i've done i've had men that have really you know let grief out and cried and and it gotten more of their primal energy and felt anger and allowing all these things to come up and that's really what happens when we get out of the mind that wants to please and perform that takes us away from what's actually here in the body that wants to be felt and wants to be expressed because when we're in the mind trying to please and perform we're not able to really connect to that's there and and what is really there that through the expression and the the emotions that are there is the pleasure is is there to be felt and if i think about it in terms of my own body as a, a woman and that I'm just going to refer to like um, my experience of clitoral orgasm and being very much for so long being focused on having a clitoral orgasm, just rubbing my clitoris to have this high peak clitoral experience. And when I stopped doing that and started exploring the rest of my body and touching myself in different ways and bringing more sensation to my body, it's like the pleasure could gently crack open from within it's like a, it was like a softening and a surrendering into my body and then in a cracking open rather than a friction-based fast experience to re reach this high peak and then oh good like oh my I'm, i've achieved something or like my partner has achieved something because i've now had this orgasm rather than you know this the the sensations and the pleasure and all these different things that we can feel when we're actually really being with our bodies and really feeling what actually wants is there to be felt. And I think perhaps that's one of the reasons why sometimes people struggle to stay in their bodies because that's where all those emotions are. And sometimes that's difficult. Um, sometimes it's very difficult. Mm. Um, you think about young men, a lot of them are masturbating quite young and already for most of them that's a very quick, hidden experience with some shame and some guilt attached. So from very, very young, being in their body creates a feeling of guilt and shame. So therefore, when they're sexual, it's easier to escape that by being somewhere else. But with conscious mm -hmm. sex, we invite people to come back to their bodies and actually experience those emotions, actually feel into them so that we can move beyond them. And that's where the pleasure is. I mean, hopefully our sexual energy creates a connection between our body and our spirituality and 
our mind is what gets in the way of <laughs> of that. So yep. there's a great art to learning to turn off our minds and to sit in some of those uncomfortable emotions so that we can grow into our sexual pleasure. Mm, yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. So I want to go through some different things around what, what can contrasexuality actually is. And I think the first thing is really self-awareness and self-awareness of our conditioning, um, our body, our thoughts, um, our emotions, um, our desires, our boundaries. And this is not like a overnight, I've suddenly got all this awareness. This takes time. I mean, I'm still learning all the time about my desires and about my boundaries. I'm discovering more about my conditioning and things that pop up and, and challenges that I face. You know, every, every, I see every intimate and sexual experience, whether it was just with my own, on my own or with others, I'm always learning more about my sexuality. And I love that. And then because I'm bringing that consciousness to the experience, I'm like, you know, instead of, let's say I had an experience where Oh, it felt like a bit awkward and clunky and, and something just wasn't working. I get the opportunity to be like, reflect on that rather than being like, oh, that was a shit experience. Um, or I didn't have an orgasm. Therefore it was a shit experience. It's like, no, what, what actually was there? What did I learn from that? Maybe a part of me shut down because there was some vulnerability around me fully being seen. Maybe a part of me came up. Maybe there was an edge or a boundary I met and a part of my body contracted. Maybe I didn't ask for what I want clearly enough or at all. And I shut myself and my voice down because I didn't want to upset the other person or didn't want to say something that would shut them down. Like, And there's so many things that we can reflect on. Or maybe like I'm just stressed out and my body is just, you know, I'm not, I'm not in this, like I'm, my hormones are just all over, who knows, right? There's so many different things, but when we bring the consciousness into it, instead of it being like, oh, that was a shitty experience and maybe when I'm not compatible with that person, maybe there's actually other things that to, to, to learn here. Or maybe a part of, you know, some guilt or shame came up. Yeah, and then it's like, how do we actually then work with that and then create experiences, so contrasexuality experiences, to then actually um, help heal that or learn more about it or lean into that edge. And if um, I'd love to share an example of something that happened recently, which is one thing that I'm leaning more into is my seductress energy and really being seen in the seductress energy that was very much being shamed and shut down as a child. And um, I had a, a grandma that was always like, that's really naughty and that's really bad. And, you know, basically get disowned from the family if you do these things. Like, And <clears throat> and there was other conditioning. I grew up in um, religion and there's so many pieces that, that can impact that, that seductive, you know, being in my full sexual expression and my full desire. And, um, and, one thing I'm yeah leaning into is like being witnessed in this energy by by men, and so I'm, you know, I'm making requests to men that I'm being intimate with to witness me, yeah, and to let myself be seen in this energy, and I'm doing that with the intention, as you said before, the intention to actually create more safety, because I know that so much of my freedom and my sexual expression is linked to this archetype. 
because it's been so shamed and so shut down. So if I can create, consciously create experiences where I lean into being seen and each time I lean in a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's like that titration of like, I edge in a little bit and then, okay, that's safe. I feel, I feel that safe now, like that man welcomed this part of me and I felt safe and he held me so beautifully and it was juicy and it was yummy and delicious. Now I'm going to edge next time. I'm going to edge a little bit more. I'm going to show even more of her. And then maybe I'll show a different aspect of her. Maybe I get a bit more dirty and a bit more raunchy and that comes out. Yeah, rather than I'm in an experience and I feel like I want to express more of myself. And then oh no, I, my body contracts and I shut down because oh like, oh now I'm just gonna focus on pleasing my partner and giving to him. That way I don't actually have to be seen. It's easier for me to do that rather than be the, with the uncomfortability of the feelings like shame or that might come up if I'm actually seen in this and express this part of myself. So for me, that witnessing, it's not like I'm going fully and I'm just going to be full wild and my seductress is like in, in the experience, but I'm starting off with the, just the, the witnessing to be safe and then meeting that edge and meeting that edge. Yeah, and I'm loving it. <laughs> so to say, I'm really loving it. And it's still vulnerable. Like just the other day, I had an experience with a beautiful man who I've had many sexual experiences with. But I've never really let him see me in this energy. And I made this request. And when I saw him, he was actually um, not very well. And we'd ex with intention to explore this BDSM together. And I said, okay, so here's, your, here's, here's our options. I can dance for me. I can dance for you and my seductress. Or we can just chill and we can chat and he's like oh i'd love you to dance for me and immediately i was like oh that feels really vulnerable i have to do something uncomfortable <laughs> i have to do it i'm like okay i'm i'm committed to this and if i could feel like the the vulnerability but then i met the vulnerability i felt the vulnerability in my body and i just leant into it with with breath with sound with touch with movement and that's another thing of the conscious sexuality is we bring in the embodiment the breath the sound the movement the touch and meeting those emotions and letting ourselves be seen and witness in those without having to do anything without having to put like i wasn't performing for him it was not it was me meeting this edge and him witnessing me and there was no expectation on me to have to do anything give anything perform anything it was just me in my expression and it was hot and then he asked me to no and then i actually came and i kissed him and then he said to me would you like me to uh, unzip you and so i sat in the edge of the bed and i turned around and he gently unzipped me and he tickled my back and it was oh my god it's one of my favorite things and i'm like the the back tickles really softly and then he gently kissed so softly my shoulders as he as he as he took the straps off so slowly and then he took his hand while he's still kissing my shoulder and grabbed my neck like really firmly and my whole back just arched and opened and my pussy was wet <laughs> and i was like okay like i i just loved the soft and the firm together like the soft kisses and the firmness but i could feel like my seductress energy was like cracked open in that moment there was a cracking open by by him 
letting by having him witness me me feelings and he was very present with me when i was being witness i could tell he was like fully in it like he was fully there i could tell there was no agenda or expectation on me and i felt safety in that i felt i'm safe to be in my seductress and i'm safe to surrender here now with him and i feel so held and yeah that i mean that is like that is the conscious sexuality experience like i brought that energy and I lent with the intention to be seen, to intention to create safety without there being any need for performance or goal at all. Mm. <laughs> I say that I have actually had the privilege of seeing your seductress. Uh-huh. She's one really hot, sexy bitch. <laughs> so uh-huh. she's very hot. <laughs> what a- I really love about this and what I'm hearing in your story is how goddamn empowering this is because one of the other things about conscious sexuality is it takes the responsibility for your own pleasure back for yourself, which is incredibly empowering. A lot of us, look, I um, run some consent workshops and some conscious sexuality parties, and when we do the consent workshop, the thing that comes up often for a lot of people is that presumption that someone else should read their mind someone else should be able to work out what it is that they want and someone else should be able to work out what their no is but conscious sexuality takes that back to yourself it takes it back to sitting in your own body working out what it is that you actually desire being able to express that to someone else and then being able to welcome their reaction. So their reaction might be, thank you for sharing that desire with me, but that's not something I can do at this time. And learning to love that response, learning to open that sometimes people say no, it's okay to say no, and it's really okay to receive a no. These are all parts of conscious sexuality but they're also what makes it really really empowering because Mm -hmm. it's it's owning your own sexual power so I know that I can ask for something I want I have no shame about asking if someone says no I see that as a wonderful gift of their honesty and vulnerability and then that gives us the opportunity then to talk about it more maybe come up with some other things but it, it's it's led by me so I've become the master of my own sexual energy which I just think is really exciting and really sizzling and really hot and that brings all those boundaries in because you know we we see that it's a bit of a catch cry at the moment that consent and boundaries are sexy but they really really are because once you set that container and we know that everyone is being their authentic selves. They're expressing what it is that they want and what they don't want. We don't have to guesswork, and guesswork involves using your mind. So when we really open up that expression, we're staying in our bodies. Um, I find that kind of empowerment absolutely liberating. Mm. Yeah, I love what you said about becoming the master of your own sexual energy. Mm, It's so great. (laughs) I wrote that down as you said it. And I think that's really important is that, you know, our sexuality is for ourselves first and foremost. 
Mm-hmm. And we're definitely not taught that. Mm-mm. And I think um, what you also said was, um, oh, I'm having a mind blank now. You said something really great. Oh, yeah, about the boundaries piece. I wanted to um, share something quickly on that because um, I know for me that when there's boundaries, clear boundaries and consent in place, it creates so much safety that I feel freer. I feel freer to express myself. I feel freer to ask for what I want. I trust that the person can hold their own boundaries if I know that that's, we've spoken about that and there's agreements in place or there's safe words in place. And and there's a there's actually a study done um, about, it was, it was about boundaries and it was actually a children's playground where they had a children's playground where um, there was no fences. And when there was no fences, the children just kind of stayed in close to each other. Like they didn't really venture out. But when they put a fence in and they kind of put it a bit, they put it further out, the children went to all the edges of the fences. They explored as much as possible because there was barriers, there was boundaries. And they knew that this is safe here and here is safe. So I can explore all the things in here which I think, I mean, it says about human behavior, when we know there is, we have that safety in there, what we call boundaries, then it actually opens up the playing field. We can actually play more, which is, I mean, I, f- I feel that, I experience that and knowing when, when that clarity is there, then I feel a lot freer to, to play in, in the space. Totally. And I mean, it's, there's so much about communication in that piece. You know, I have certainly had experiences in my youth when I wasn't very good at communicating and nor were my partners. And then we've done something that um, I thought was okay, but we're only guessing only to find out three weeks later that someone was not okay with something and there's a lot of resentment around that as well. And I mean, for me, that was a lot of what my youth was about because we didn't have communication. We didn't talk about what we were doing. Sex was often either a people-pleasing effort or there was drugs and alcohol or I was at a swingers party where maybe wasn't really, I was just, you know, reacting to what was going on around me. And then afterwards someone says, oh, you know, that that wasn't okay. And it can be a real shock and a real you know, a real damage or a real wound to your self-confidence. So having it all up front, being able to talk, being able to take responsibility and name your desires just, wow, just opens up the pleasure plane. (laughs) Mm, mm. And, yeah, I think with that and something I've seen is like with the desires piece is so many people I've spoken to, they didn't even really know that they what their desires are or that they can even speak their desires. Like it's almost so foreign, especially when we've been taught to please. It's like, oh, well, I just, I just please the other person. I can just do what, what they want. Or I kind of guess, I guess this is what this person likes. So I'm now I'm going to do it on this person. <laughs> this is what I'm good at. So this is what I'm going to do. Like this is what I've been told that I'm good at. So this is what I'm going to do instead of actually really checking in and being like, hey, what are you? What do you love? What are your turn-ons? What would you like to experience here? Because what I wanted yesterday might be quite different to what I want today. And we can't just go off like our past experience either. So I feel like this is so so much to this. And I I really think that 
knowing what we want is such an important journey to go on. And I had an experience with an ex-partner who I think a couple of months in we sat down and we were playing a card game. And one of the games was like, what are you, what's, what's your biggest sexual desire? Something like that. And he actually started crying and, and, and he's at the time he was like late forties. And he said to me, no one's ever asked me that. No one's ever asked me what I desire in sex. Wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. And I, so we did, had a beautiful experience where I said, I gave him like, I gave him some options. I said, would you like me to dance for you? And you can tell me how you want me to dance. And this was about him edging into leaning into asking for what he wanted. So he is a very visual person. So working with that visual is like I was standing in front of him and he would tell me how he wanted me to move. Like, I want you to turn around and I want you to face the wall and I want you to put your hands up against the wall. And um, I want you to look around and lick your lips and, and, and that for him was really huge to do that because it was just practicing wanting and really taking his time and also to tune in with what is actually my true desire here rather than what do I think she's okay with or what, mm. is, what is she comfortable with? It's like, no, what is my desire? Because I was like, I, I can say no. I'll tell you if there's something that I want to do. Yeah, and until I do that, like, keep asking me, basically. And actually, this is the game, a practice we teach at our CSE training, is we have a game called the I Want Game. And we teach that game so that people can um, do this in their own intimacies, practice using the term I want and creating some agreements and boundaries around that. And um, then, but also doing this with their clients. So in our CSE practitioner training, we teach um, women how to actually do this with their clients and helping them to teach their clients to be able to ask for what they want, because that might be something that, you know, it's to, to some people that seems like, oh, that's pretty basic. But for a lot of people, that's actually the thing that's stopping them from actually having really amazing sexual experiences. So they just don't, they don't feel safe or they don't feel comfortable um, or they don't even know that they can ask for what they want. Like that's the thing that so, can be so foreign. Like oh, what I can ask for what I want. Wow. I like, I just didn't even consider that. And, and it was quite surprised, surprised me quite a bit when I would hear this a lot from men, when I would ask them, so what do you desire to experience? Oh, just whatever you want just whatever you're comfortable with. I'm like, well, this is not about me. This is about what you want. And when, I, when I'm with a man that knows what he wants, I feel so much trust. I'm like, yes, fucking please. Yes, <laughs> give me some of that. I love a man that knows what he wants. Yeah. Um, a lot of, um, particularly when I work as a pro-dom or in the BDSM world, so many paying clients will come along and just... They have no desire. They have no idea what they want. They have no desire at all. They just want to turn up and have me tell them what to do. Now, that might be a, a, a they're coming to see a dominatrix, but I actually won't see anyone until they have an intention or they are expressing their desires. So often we will have to go back and have three or four sessions for them just to actually learn to articulate their desire because... I need to know what it is and they need to go through that experience of knowing what it is and they probably need to work through a little bit of guilt and shame just around 
naming what their desires are. But for many of them, finally getting to voice that and just having someone accepting of that, someone like, oh, yeah, okay, that's really interesting, is very liberating because there's a lot of fear around expressing desires, particularly if they're not, you know, down that very vanilla idea of what people should be doing. But it's so liberating for someone to express and then to someone to give them, you know, some beautiful feedback about that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and it's such a permission piece. I think people just, they just need to be given the permission to ask for what they want and know that it's welcome, even if we can't fulfill their want. Like, because we might, there might not be a match there. There might be like a, like if someone wants something, but I can't give that, I'm not comfortable with that. There's a boundary for me and that's okay. And it's not, it's like not I'm making that wrong either. And um, one thing also I think it's important to mention is when we are feeling into what we want, it's really about checking in. Is it coming from the mind or is it coming from the body? Because sometimes the mind uh, is, has that I'm, I want this because it's what I think the other person will be okay with. But what I really want, my body is actually saying something completely different and, I, and I, maybe I don't feel safe to ask for that. Yeah, so often when, when we do another game called the three minute game and we say, how do you want to be, how do you want to be touched or what do you want done to you is that Someone might say, oh, 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 I don't know, or like they might say, oh, um, well, maybe I want this or maybe I want that. But so what I'll do in that case is I'll get them to take a moment and we take some breaths and then I get them to drop into the body. And I get them to say, now ask your body, body, how do you want to be touched? And they'll always have something. They'll be like, oh, I just feel like I oh, just sound like some light strokes on my chest. Oh. Yeah, and the, because the body always knows, yeah, but the mind likes to disconnect and, and, and has those underneath some stories running. And the story might be like, as a child, I got told it's not okay to ask for what I want, that it's selfish to ask for what I want. So I'm just going to say this other thing because that's, that's what I feel okay with. When really the body is actually, you know, oh, no, I want something completely different. Mm. When I think too, look, our minds are actually incredibly limiting. Our minds tend to put limits on. So if we get them out of the way, the ability to for us to expand, expand our sexual energy to, you know, access parts of us that are really, really deep inside our bodies, particularly around sex and sexual healing and those ancient parts of our bodies that have been passed down, they are they almost they get stopped from our minds. So learning to just get that out of the way means we're then capable of an inc- incredibly expansive experiences that our mind is just not designed to. Our mind is as the, our minds are quite confining and our bodies and our sexual energy and our spirituality are capable of infinitely more. So and we've talked a lot about the ancient goddess temple and but that was really the essence of that teaching people to get their minds out of the way come back to their body and access the incredible beauty of when we put that limiting factor out of the way and I think in our last CSE training EJ we really saw women stepping into that power 
We really saw them really understanding, oh, wow, this is my mind. This is the trauma that's in my mind. This is the trauma that's in my body. But once I move past this, oh, my God, anything is possible. And once you accept that your mind is limiting and therefore anything is possible, that is not just about your sex life. That can spill over to everything. That can spill over to business. That can be how you attract money. That can spill over to how you attract power in your life, how you're comfortable with power. Because once you accept that I get my mind out and anything is possible, then anything is actually possible. Mm. Oh, exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like once we create that foundation also and, and you know, of we establishing boundaries and consent, we're creating safety, um, we're connected to our bodies, we're coming with curiosity and I love the word exploration. I'm here to explore. I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow and bringing that to our experience. Absolutely, I think so much becomes possible. And, yeah, and then bringing that to life, right? And one thing that did happen in our last CSC when we were, I think it was, we were talking about boundaries and consent and we were playing the wheel of consent game. Um, and all the women were like, oh, this applies to all of life. This is everywhere. This is all our relationships. This is everything that we do. This is not just an intimacy game, stuff that we do our sex life. But this is, this is showing up everywhere in my life. Mm, yeah, consent and boundaries in the workplace. Um, consent and boundaries just in how you conduct your life in general. Um, yeah, really liberating stuff. I mean, mm. in the workplace or with your friends, how often do you say yes to something that oh, you really don't really want to do just because you feel you should? But if you sunk into your body, then it would be easier to just say, mm, no, thank you, I can't do that for you today, but maybe I could do this. Um, yeah. So it's definitely not just about sex. It's it's everything and the power over our own destiny that we get from those that from having that knowledge in sex then spills out to everything mm. um, become better at relationships a better a better parent a better business manager a better whatever it is it spills out to everything mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent so one of the things that i really love is after having a sexual experience is really reflecting, taking time to reflect and looking at what did I love about that? What is like, what was, what really turned me on? So if I just go back to the experience I recently had, it was only a couple of days ago. So it's fresh in my mind is what I did love. I love that soft and firm turn on, like the turn on, the turn on that I really got from just this, that moment of the softness and then the firmness of the holding around the neck, I was like, oh my God, that was a real turn on. And I didn't know that before that. That's something <laughs> learned that I knew. I mean, I knew I liked those different touches, but together like that, I was like, wow, that is something that I now know, like this is a turn on for me. Mm. And so I can share that with other people I'm being intimate with and say, you know, what really turns me on is I love the softness and I love that having this firmness and, love exploring these at the same at the same time you know, right. that and make a request for that and that person can say yes i can i can speak my desire or they can put a boundary up and say no maybe that's not their thing right 
And so that's something that I got to learn. But then there's also the other question is like, what perhaps challenged me? What was, was there any vulnerability? So yes, the vulnerability about being seen in my seductress. And, but then there were also some challenges and, and I noticed that there was a part of me that did hold back and like, didn't fully trust. There was a couple, this was art, like a little later on, like didn't um, fully trust at, at some point. I was like, oh, I don't fully trust that he's okay with something that I was doing. And I noticed that and I pulled my energy back. And now I know like, hey, next time I'm gonna be very clear around, are you okay with it? I, I did ask him in the moment, um, it's like I had a um an ex-partner who loved his nipples being touched and like and bitten right and then I'm with this guy and this is the first guy I've been with since my ex-partner I'm like oh like oh hang on here's a new person in front of me I don't know if he actually likes his nipples being and I felt a bit like oh I don't hang on and then it was just because it was just so weird <laughs> to be with someone else and they're not you know, after being with someone for so long, and I was like, and I had to check in. I said, "Are you okay with um, me licking or kissing your nipples?" Like, and um, and he was like, "Oh, I'm not really, you know, not really phased by it, or just not really, you know, wasn't a big thing for him." So it was just interesting, and it was like something for me to fit. Okay, I need to check in with this with next time with him or with someone else. You know, it's just like let me check in with that because it's and I got to learn about that, right? Um, but if I wasn't to really reflect on that experience, I might then go in again and I might have the same thing happen. I was like, oh, hang on. I didn't, I didn't check about that. I'm still not trusting here. Like, oh, actually, no, I need, and then this is why I think reflecting on our experience is so important if, of what, and, and I like the framework of what did I love about that? Um, you know, what, what? what had it what really turned me on were there any challenges is there any places maybe i felt a bit awkward or shut down you know was there any vulnerabilities is there anything that i you know wanted more of as well like is there anything that's like oh that was really great i want I wanted more of that but maybe i didn't ask for it because i was like oh is that too much to ask for you know so next time i might like um and and I, actually i did have a love at the same guy actually where i actually cried after sex once and um, I cried in the shower because I felt like this is a few years ago. I cried in the shower because I was like, oh my God, like he's going to think it's too much that I'm crying. What's he going to think? You know? And then I shared with that, I shared that with him after. And I said, Hey, I cried and I felt really vulnerable and I didn't know how you'd take that. And he was like, oh, it's, you're so welcome here. I'd love to see that. Like he was. And so the next time I did, and he cuddled me and it was really beautiful. So, because I cried again, I was like, what is going on here? Why did I cry with this guy? <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> Sorry. But it was so nice because then I could, instead of like, oh, hiding it again, oh, no, because I'm like, oh, he might not be comfortable with this. I was able to bring it. And then he was like, you know, I really welcome that. And so, and, and here's the thing, if we don't reflect and then share about these things, then we may just keep creating the same experience and not allow ourselves to be really seen in intimacy. And I think this is a big part of conscious sexuality is really allowing ourselves to bring all of us in and to be seen, to really be seen. And I think you touched on something with that concept. People think it's just for BDSM, but it's not about aftercare. 
So being able to share your vulnerabilities and maybe to reflect on the experience with the person you've just been intimate with is an, in, an incredibly bonding experience. So to be able to hold each other in emotions that come up after sex or mm. after to be able to reflect, hey, that was great together or maybe that was a bit clunky or, oh, my God, maybe even to laugh about the things that were like <laughs> because this is not all supposed to be deadly serious. It is actually supposed to be fun. We can all forget that this actually is supposed to be fun as well. So that concept of aftercare, that concept of connecting afterwards, I think is is really a really important part of conscious sexuality. You know, it's very different to the old days I don't know about you, but there might be an drunken encounter with someone that was largely crap and then we'd just fall asleep afterwards or there would be no connection afterwards at all. Um, Whereas having that space afterwards to welcome emotions, to welcome because, you know, sometimes sexuality can really stir up some feelings so it's really part of the process to be held in those feelings to be able to hold hold and be held so those emotions can fully move through someone um you know it's not so great if had something stirred up in the experience and then they're off crying on their own Mm. um yeah yeah and i think these are also the conversations to be having at a start of an experience is is um what, what do we do if some emotions arise? How can I support you? Like, especially if you know you're someone that might get emotional. And I, I actually made this request of this man. I said, oh, if I cry again at sex, well, I'd love you to really just really hold me and be with me. Are you okay with that? Yeah, and, and making that request. So, and also we have to be okay hearing no with that because someone might not be comfortable with that. Yeah, and find other ways to get aftercare. Yeah. So um, I really feel like exploring conscious sexuality is about really meeting more parts of ourselves, getting deeply intimate with ourselves and bringing that to another because it's not just about being with someone else. It's always also doing this with ourselves. And it's really helps us to come into greater self-love and wholeness yeah, when we can bring these parts of us into our sexual experiences it's so powerful and it's such a form of healing and growth and learning and really what i love about it is it's just i get to discover so much more of who i am so in our trainings we really cover under the in our conscious sexuality experience is um, different tantric practices um, the boundaries and consent bdsm different dynamics kink um, archetypes embodiment there's so many things that really come under our version of conscious sexuality and which is ever evolving and ever growing. And so if you're curious about learning this, then what I would do is go to Instagram and we'll put the in the show notes as well at conscious sexuality training and you'll find our link tree there that has the most recent um, trainings that we have coming up. At the moment, we do have our women's practitioner training and we also have a mixed gender training coming up as well. And we haven't officially launched that yet, but depending on when you're listening to this, you may, (laughs) it may be launched and maybe well underway. So yeah, and feel free if you have any questions to reach out to us, you can find me at EJ Love Official on Instagram 
And Anna, what's the best Instagram for you? Um, at Anna Morrigan. Great. Awesome. So is there anything else you want to say before we can finish here? There's so much more that we could, <laughs> um, we could talk about this for a very long time, but I think that we'll just have to segue into our next podcast so we can talk more about what a conscious ex sexuality experience is and why we've abbreviated it to CSE. Yeah, yeah. We were hoping to talk about it on this, but then it was just too juicy. We are like, okay, we need to do a second episode. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we want to talk about, like, for, particularly for those who are wanting to offer this work, what actually is a conscious sexuality experience and what are some of the frameworks? What are the, some of the things we actually do in these sessions? And then for those who perhaps are wanting to see practitioners wanting to have conscious sexuality experiences, we do have practitioners that you can work with and that you can, you can experience this with. And also in our extended training, you can come and learn it for yourselves and then bring it into your own intimate relationships and, and sex lives. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Deep Sexy Play. If you're ready to get sexy, then I have a playbook full of intimate questions, sexy games, and deep connection practices, which you can get at deepsexyplay.com. If this episode stimulated your mind, I invite you to like and follow the podcast. And if you're feeling extra sexy or got something out of this episode, then I would love to receive and read your review. To connect with me and my listeners, you're welcome to join my free, private, deep, sexy play Facebook group. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at EJ Love Official, where you'll also find my latest offerings and ways to work with me. All these links are in the show notes. I hope you'll be back for more deep, sexy play.